Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. For about the last, how many years have we been doing Cowboy Crew tie? Four or five now? Something like that? Four or five years. We've had a deal called Cowboy Crew, and we, you know, have it on a weekday evening where we invite people out to learn uh, how to be a cowboy. Now, we're not necessarily saying that we can make anybody a cowboy, but we can definitely introduce you to things. Um, you know, maybe it's like, like the greatest cowboys do while everybody else is doing stuff. I was holding herd. That is a very important job. <laughs> we'll teach you how to hold herd. I mean, we even teach people how to rope. But one of the things that... Uh, me and Ty and Mitch and Gary and, and Brett and some others that, that help us out is, I don't think until I started doing this that I had ever consistently tried to teach an adult how to rope. And, you know, I'm teaching my son how to rope. He's 11 years old. And, I mean, he's kind of been playing around with it for the five years that he's been here since he was six. But um, it's a lot different trying to teach a kid how to rope and teaching a grown man or a grown woman how to do it. Um, you know, I honestly, and when I say learn how to rope, I'm even starting with the basics of just swinging the loop around your head, okay? I think it's very difficult sometimes for Ty and I and the other teachers out there that are helping that, like, we don't even remember learning how to do that. I, I seriously, I, I don't know, I cannot remember a time that I couldn't swing a rope. Now, that doesn't mean that I was a great roper or catching, but I'm just talking about swinging it without it getting all tangled up and, you know, how to coil your rope up without getting like figure eights in it and how to fix a figure eight. I, mean, I don't even remember learning how to do that. It's just been, it's been so long, you know. I, I don't remember how, I don't remember learning English. I don't know that I've got it yet, but, you know, I don't remember starting to learn English. Um, I, honestly, I don't even remember the first time I rode a horse. I, I, I don't. I mean, it's just, it's been a lifelong affair. So, you know, I, I don't remember learning how to swing a rope, speak English, ride, or, you know, I don't even remember how I learned to be so extremely cool. I've just been doing it for so long. Three people got that. Or 97% thought it was stupid. That's fine. But, you know, I've been doing these things our whole life. And sometimes the most simple things like to me and Ty and Sean and Roger and Gary and some of these others, just swinging a rope is so simple to us, but to others it seems complicated. That's what we're going to talk about today, is how we complicate everything. Because I think adults, you know, you, you tell a child that Jesus died for them, and they're like, cool, Jesus died for me, and he just accepts it, right? And us as adults, man, we want to think through it and rationalize it and try to figure everything out. We get too cerebral with everything. But you know, it's the same way with roping. Adults, man, if you want to learn how to rope, we will do everything we can to teach you. But a lot of times y'all just get too cerebral with everything. And you know, like kids, when you watch kids roping, kids don't care about looking foolish, but adults do, especially when they're surrounded by good cowboys. Uh, kids don't really care if they catch. If they don't catch, it's just another opportunity to throw the rope at a cat. You know, who cares? Uh, you know, kids don't really care whether or not they look cool. 
but don't, you know, they want to look cool while they're doing everything. Something so simple for us is very difficult for others. Things get learning a rope. Because once you can swing a rope and catch something, everything else is a walk in the park, right, Ty? I mean, that's all you got to learn how to do. Because, you know, once you learn to throw it, then you got to learn to, you know, tie yourself together with a mad 1,500-pound cow. Not get yourself killed, not get the cow killed, not get your horse killed, not to get your, your uh, co-workers killed. It's simple. In other words... Uh, swinging a rope is about as simple as it gets, and it just it gets harder from there. But it doesn't mean that it has to be complicated. So, is our faith? Your faith simple? Be, listen to this. When we're talking about simplicity, keeping your faith simple will be closer to the truth than complicating everything. Okay, the more comp, I think you get off the narrow trail by complicating everything. And the, the, the big fancy word for complicating the gospel is called religion. Okay, religion tries to make rules and all these standards and all of this stuff and all of this stuff and all this stuff. And you got to do it this way or you're, you know, nearly every denomination out there has their way of doing things. That's why there's so many different denominations. And if you don't do it their way, then you're going to hell. And oh my gosh. But keeping your faith simple, always be closer to the truth than complicating everything. So, I wrote this down. Good. Maybe this uh, of explaining the gospel. God is good. Sin is bad. Love God and everyone else and don't be scared. I don't know. That's pretty simple. But, like, seriously... As simple as that is, God is good, sin is bad, love God and everyone else, and don't be scared. If we just did those five things, we would be light years ahead of probably where we're at right now. Right? I mean, keeping things simple gets you closer to the truth than overthinking and complicating everything. And we're going to talk about three things that I think that uh, Christians today, and maybe even some people that are searching for Christ, make bad mistakes on, and they complicate things so much. The first one is, is probably the most noticeable. The first thing that you got to do is just believe in Jesus. I mean, you've you got to believe in Him, right? In Acts 16.31, um, in Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul is, and, and one of his guys were in prison, and the jailer is converted, right? And so the jailer comes up and says, I nearly died tonight. What must I do to be saved? And in an even better illustration of the gospel than I gave with God is good, sin is bad, love God and everyone else and don't be scared, Paul does it even simpler. This is what Paul said already won. I'm going to read it in the simplified cowboy version, but it's, it's, it's exactly what your deal says. They put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and said this, Believe in Jesus who died in your place, then you and your whole family will be saved. That was Paul's answer to a guy that said, what am I to be saved? That was his complete answer. Believe in Jesus, then you and your whole family will be saved. Man, how simple is that? And, and if you go on to read what happens, he does, and he does believe, and he takes Paul and, I mean, I don't know if it's Barnabas or Silas or 
one of them, go to this jailer's house and they tell the gospel to his family. And since he's the, the guy, you know, he's the dad, the whole family saved. Now, just when it says believe, believe in Jesus, then you and your whole family will be saved. That doesn't mean that if you believe in Jesus, that, that your family automatically uh, are believers, okay? That's not what it's saying. But we must believe in the simplicity of that statement. But when we say believe in Jesus, what does that entail? I think that's where we start getting, where religion starts sneaking in. What does it mean? Jesus? Well, I mean, I, I'm going to keep it simple. I think that believing in Jesus, believing in how much God loves you. I mean, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall everlasting life. We must believe in God's love. Believing in Jesus also means that we Jesus is the only way to heaven. Not your good works, not because your grandma played the piano in the church in the Baptist church for 79 years. That's not going to get you saved. Not because you went to Sunday school, not because you went to a church camp, but because you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That Jesus is the only way. And maybe we should believe also that believing in Jesus means you believe in God's love for us, right? That, uh, that Jesus is the only one. And also we must believe that maybe we should believe the Bible tells us to, okay? Believe that you should live the way. I'm going to go back to something I alluded to just a minute ago. And I'd like to talk to you men for just a minute. Men, be the head of your households. Be the head of your house. Your job as a husband or a father, or even if you're single, man, you, you can still do this. Okay? But when I say men, be the head of the households, I am not talking about you running around saying, you know, this, do that, my way, or the high, what head of the household means. Your job as head of the household is to lead your family down the path of righteousness. That is your job as the head of the household. And men, take it seriously. Take it seriously. Don't be afraid to lead, men. Don't be afraid to leave. I guess some people are, you know, they're going to argue and price stuff, and that's fine. But according to Touchstone, which is a great ministry type geared, they gave some statistics. If the dad and mom are both faithful attenders, then 33% of the children that they raised, faithful attenders. But another 41% will it look, okay? So if you've got the mom and dad that are faithful attenders, 33% chance that a child will be a faithful attender in church and a 41% chance that they'll be a casual attender. I mean, that's a 74%. Like if mom and dad are both faithful, there's a three out of four chance that your children will follow in those footsteps. But if dad is just casual and mom is faithful, get this. If dad is casual, and I'm talking to you men, dads, if you're casual but your wife is faithful, get this. Only 3% of the children will turn out. Only 3%. Guys, that your wife is dragging you to church and everything, man, the statistics say that only 
3% of the children will become faithful attenders with that. Now, 59% would become casual, okay? So it, it kind of evens out a little bit. But what if the dad is not a believer at all? Dad doesn't come, mom does. 2% drops to a 2%. And not only does the 3% drop, kids will be faithful, but from a 59% casual attender to a 37%, just even casual attendance. That's a, that's a 60 plus percentage points that a child will grow up lost when the dad does not go. What if the father is faithful, faithful and the mom is casual or even none? As crazy as it sounds, it's 38% that those kids would turn out faithful, which is a 5% increase than if both of them are faithful. It, it's crazy. Okay? 38% faithful, 44% casual. So, is faithful, two-thirds to three-quarters of the children will become at least casual attendance. And I know that that is not the basis for faith. I'm not saying that it's just kind of indicative of maybe somebody's faith because, you know, here's the thing. I know there's a lot of people out there who's like, well, I don't believe in organized religion. Well, okay, that's fine. But did you know that there is no New Testament that does not assume that you are part of a body of believers an active part of the body of believers. In Hebrews, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Right? So when people say, oh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in organized religion. Well, okay, but you, but you don't believe in what the Bible says? There's nowhere in the New Testament that says it is okay for you not to be a part of a body of believers. So I'm not saying that people that go to church are automatically saved. I'm not. This is just of the statistics of what happens if a dad, if a male, leads his family. That if the father is faithful, two-thirds to three-quarters of the children will become at least casual attenders in church. And if the father is not faithful, men, if you are not faithful, there is only one in 50 kids. Men. Lead your families. Show them what it's like. Lead your families because you're bigger, you're better, you're anything like that. Man, it's your job. God made you a man. He made you to lead family down the path of righteousness. Do it. Do it. But we must believe in Jesus. It's as simple as that. And it's also simple that God made the man to, to be the leader of, of this path towards righteousness. It's really simple. It really is simple. So I think that we complicate what it means to believe in Jesus. And something else vastly complicated, and you that have been here for a while or been listening for a length of time have probably heard me say this. But, you know, I ask people a lot of times, how do you get to heaven? And people, most people, will be able to say, by faith in Jesus. But then I ask them, so there's only one way to heaven. And they say yes. And I said, how? And they said, through faith. Bingo. Correct. And they're like, I was like, what? You know, you commit adultery, that, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. There's millions of ways to get to hell. And I say, no. How many ways are there to get to hell? One. 
if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I mean, seriously, people, it is that simple. If Jesus is, you go to heaven. If he's not, well, he should be. Okay? It's pretty simple. Okay? It really is simple. Because, okay, and, and a lot of people are like, well, how do you know this? Okay? So we've all heard the term blaspheming the Holy Spirit, right? The only unforgivable sin, right? And that is true. But what does that mean in, in a simple way? What it means is, if you do not believe in Jesus, that is the unforgivable sin. Because it takes the faith and the belief to have, and if you don't believe, be forgiven. Okay? That's the only, and people all the time wonder, oh, did I commit the unforgivable sin because I blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Well, did you deny Jesus? Are you standing up in front of everybody saying, oh, no, I don't believe in God. That's a bunch of hogwash. I'm an agnostic, atheist, you know, whatever, 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 whatever. And I do not believe in God. That is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And I doubt that any one of us in here or listening have done that. But even if you have, even if you have, if you change your mind and, and God works on your heart and you've come to accept him, then it is forgiven. Even that is forgiven when you come to believe, right? It's not that complicated, people. It's really not. I mean, there's one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man's son. One way to heaven and there's one way to hell if you... If you believe in Jesus, you're in. If you don't believe in him, you're out. It doesn't get, I mean, a, a kid can understand that. So why do we as adults make it so complicated and we start putting these little addendums on it, right? Well, you know, but you still have to do this and this and this and that, you know. Just making it complicated. The simple gospel is that we must believe in Jesus. As simple as that. It's also one way to hell, and we've talked about it. I don't know how to say it any simpler than that. And then the third thing. From 1 Corinthians 13, 11, This is out of the Simplified Cowboy Version. When I was just a little tyke, I acted like a little tyke. But when I grew up, I quit acting like When I grew up. I quit acting like a child. You know, I, I think that we have far too many believers that do the opposite of what's about. We have folks that act and then try to rationalize their faith like an adult. Yeah. I, I, I don't know really this, except it just, it saddens me when somebody comes to me with a question and I show them biblically, in basically black and white, what the Bible says and their words to me are, I don't believe that. Well, what do you do? <laughs> it doesn't matter if the truth. But we try to rationalize, and, and we, we try to... Uh, uh, I, I was talking with a friend yesterday about the Jehovah Witnesses. You know, they kind of rewrote their own watchtower, been ill of them, but they, they make the Bible say what they want it to say. And ever updated because they find other scriptures that they need to do this off of. And, and, and my heart goes out to them because, I mean, you don't even have to go through all of that trouble. Just believe in what it says. But see, God wants us to have a childlike faith with the responsibility of an adult. He wants us to have a childlike faith. 
Unless you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. And he's not saying that it's okay to poop your pants, okay? That's not what he's saying. Just have the faith of a child. Who cares if you look foolish, man? Just keep building and throw. And even if you got a figure eight, throw anyway. Have the faith of a child. But whenever I say that God wants us to have a childlike faith, but have the responsibility of an adult, what do I mean by that? Well, I, I think that some of the responsibilities of being an adult with a childlike faith is to take your faith seriously. Take seriously. And I think the second thing is to understand that obedience to God's Word results in joy. Picking and choosing what you obey usually results in confusion and doubt. Let me read that again. Obedience to God's Word results in joy. Casual obedience usually results in confusion and doubt. Another responsibility of an adult is to do what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. The world and make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Fallways. It is our job. God has put the spreading of the good news in our hands. Now, how you spread that good news, everybody will be different. I'm not saying that you're going to stand up where I do. In the, but you know what? Just sometimes your life and people watching your life will be the greatest. So we all have a responsibility to be who God made us to be and do the things that he tells us to do so that others might know Christ. You know... And I think that one thing in today's society that we got to quit doing that is, you know, acting is being so offended by everything. Because it is a grown-up version of whining and tattletelling. It is. I mean, just getting offended by everything and thinking that, you know, opinion on that matter is above somebody else's opinion. And I'm not talking about you know, things like killing somebody or anything like that. But man, quit being offended and start loving them. Offended, quit carrying your sleeve. Do you think if anybody ever had the opportunity, right? And very seldom did he do it. As a matter of fact, even when they, you know, so somebody nailed me to a tree, I, I'm just going to tell you, I'm probably going to take offense to it. Jesus didn't. He forgave them. The simple gospel. Believe in Jesus who died in your place, then you and your home family will be saved. Acts 13, 16, 31. Men, be men. Men, be men. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to hell. It is so simple. It is. And when I was a little kid, I acted like a little kid, but when I became an adult, I quit acting like a child. And we need to quit acting like a child. And I think that is as simple a statement at the state of our churches that are often, you know, just, you know, just needle picking, tattle. It just makes me sick. I was talking to somebody the other day and I said I was going to say it from the pulpit, so I'm going to right. What would happen, what the sentiment would be if the preacher kicked people out of church, petty reasons people leave church. And by and I heard you said, you're out of here. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's so many fella, you know. I don't think you've been praying for me enough as a preacher. I don't think you've been praying for me enough so you are not feeding me. You're out of here! I mean, come on. We've got to quit being so seriously. I mean, and if, if you do, 
Jesus said, if you are offended, go to that person and talk to them. And I, in my experience, nine out of ten times, it'll be worked out like that. It really will. Believe in Jesus. One way to heaven, one way to hell. Don't make it complicated. Adults. You know, roping is simply twirling a rope and throwing it at something. While it is a simple concept, it will take you forever to master. Because you won't have to ride with me or Ty or Mitch or Brett or any of our other cowboys. You won't have to ride with us long. It happens all the time. Or, or you know, you throw and you're, you're looping it off and you rope the wrong cow. It happens. It happens. And we just, like, we kind of laugh at each other about it, but not poking fun. It's just like, oh, it was your turn to do that. You know, who cares? Who cares? You know what's in the reaction between the beginner and one of us? A beginner is horrified when they make a mistake. But us, we build our loops, try to learn from it, go on. As that. And I pray today that you will simplify your faith. To know that, as Alistair Begg said, the main things are the plain things and the plain things are the... Don't let religion make your faith complicated. Let's go to God in prayer. Dad, help us to keep your love simple and let us simply love you. Thank you for loving us simply and simply sending your Son to take our place on the cross so we can take our place in your kingdom. Help us to find that narrow leading to the life that we want to have planned. We can only find that gate, putting our faith and our following in Jesus Christ. We love you too. Amen.